Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Tim, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, April 27, 2015. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 76, and we're going to be starting on those first two paragraphs if we can answer to our satisfaction. Today's readers are, for the steps, Joanne L., for the traditions, Alita P., and reading the text is Judith W. and Do L. The reference number for Sunday, April 26, 2015, is 7506. That's 7506. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Joanne L. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Joanne L. recovered in New Jersey by the grace of God. Uh, The 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. I pass. Thank you, Joanne. I will now ask Alita P. to please read the 12 Traditions. Hi, good morning, everybody. This is Alita P., gratefully recovered in Minnesota. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Alita P. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. The meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 76, paragraph 1 and 2. So we're going to read paragraph 1 for context, and paragraph 2 is what we'll be sharing on. And I'm going to ask um, Judith W. to begin reading. Thank you, Judith. Thanks, Kim. This is Judith W. in London, UK, recovered. If we can answer to our satisfaction, we then look at step six. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all, every one? If we still cling to something, will we not let go? We ask God to help us be willing. When ready, we say something like this. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. 
we have then completed step seven. So I guess, um, you know, step six and seven are for me kind of, I was taught uh, by another member that so these are kind of like way stations. They're just in the center of the steps, kind of the pivot. We stop for a moment. We look back on what we've just done. We find out what uh, we're going to need to accept. And now going forward, we're going to need to accept a whole new level, which is lots of action has to be taken now and daily. And then also um, that uh, we're going to completely have to rely on a higher power. So um, all the all the uh, defects though, will get lifted, I think. And then for me, I think, at first I thought I had to look through them a thousand times over, but then I realized, oh, it really says that you know God is going to take it. It says not myself, it says God. I have to lean in and say, my creator, um, take these from me. Um, so there isn't a whole lot of work I got to do. I just got to make sure I'm aware of what the hell I'm, you know, I'm acting out on. So if I act out on gossip or dislike or this or that or the other, these are all really actions I take because something deeper is going on. One of the defects is at play, like my resentment and all that kind of stuff. And especially for me, the fear, the fear used to drive me a lot. Um, so, it, but I, you know, if we break it down when it says, you know, we're, um, we're ready, you know, when we're ready, basically, no, don't do it before you're ready, but when we're ready, we say something like this, and um, so I mean, I have to be humble, I mean, the whole key here is to be humble, am I humble enough to accept now, um, do I believe I can't stop myself from acting out in life, therefore then overeating, so, uh, you know, it says ask a higher power, not myself, am I now willing, um, am I ready to follow the order of things, am I wanting to move forward and change, that you should have all of me, good and bad. Um, I think this is me asking my higher power to take everything. Like, do you want it all? Can you take it all? Am I willing to let it all go? I couldn't figure out before what was good or bad about me. Um, I pray that you now remove from me. This means I'm, I'm asking things to get taken away. Not just, you know, slightly, but taken from me. Chipped away, cut away, so I can be revealed. Um, every single defect, not just the ones I choose to be removed, but everything that's objectionable. Because again, I didn't know what was objectionable about me. That gets in my way of my usefulness. Now, I think here is a goal, because my usefulness to you and my fellows is the goal of the program, um, and it's going to help me stay sober. So I think this is telling me that I've got a lot of block, and um, I've been blocking my higher power. I've been blocking myself off from being useful. I'm blocking uh, myself from other people. Even though I was a successful business person and very helpful to a lot of people in my business, uh, I, I still was blocked, blocked from who I could truly be, how good I could be. And then it says, grant me strength, you know, as I go out from here to do your bidding. You know, give me what it takes to be a good person as I go out from here. So quite honestly, I don't get up before I've said this prayer. I mean, this is part of my daily ritual now. I just cannot get out of, the, uh, out of bed before saying it. I absolutely have to say it. Um, because I never knew what was right or wrong or good or bad. I, I mean, I always thought I was such a great, great, wonderful person. I always thought I was a very humble person too. But I think the bottom line for me on this is, is it's really about humility. And along the way now, as soon as I mean, I've got to get going now on 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, of course I've worked through those, but I have to work through them every day now. Um, you know, the question is, is can I be humble enough to surrender? Um, and, uh, I'll go. Yep, I'll go ahead and wrap then. Thanks a lot for letting me share with that. I'll pass. Thank you, Judith. And who would like to share on the second paragraph that was read, step seven? Matt M. Larry. Monica. And Sally. Uh, and Larry, Monica, Vasa. Sally. Who did I miss? And Vasa, please. Vasa. Okay, so right now I have Matt M., Larry, 
um, K, Monica T, Sally A, Vasa O. Is there anyone else? Okay, let's start out with Matt M. Thank you. Hi, can you hear me my ear? I can hear you. Thank you. Good morning, televisionaries. This is Matt M. I'm compulsive over here from over here in New Jersey. I woke up a little while ago, so excuse my voice. Um, yeah, this is very um, interesting. Someone said it was the way station steps, but uh, you have like a barometer of how where your willingness is now, uh, where where you're ready to go to finish the rest of the actions to get to the maintenance steps 10, 11, 12, because we just got I feel like we just got flayed alive in four or five. We gave all this stuff away. We got rid of it. We cleaned up the attic. And now we have to go forward and take the next actions after six and seven to go forward. And I think that they're, they're, they're there for a reason. There's six and seven to let us know, like, okay, now that we really want to be, really be rid of the stuff that is keep that so we don't make another attic full of junk, you know, and create more resentments and create more um, tragic defects. We've got to now take the ones we have and just be willing to let our higher power be get rid of them and humbly ask them to get rid of them because we don't have the choice or whether they get removed or not. It's up to our higher power when and, when and how they get removed. Um, just to have that willingness, and this is how it gets us, I believe, to the rest of the steps. You know, having that willingness um, created, there's the step, the prayer says it right there. My creator, I am now willing to have all of me. And this also helps us get acceptance for others. I see these steps. If you're willing to accept yourself, once and all, then it gets much easier for you to be able to accept others. Therefore, it's less likelihood that you get some more deep-rooted resentments that you had when when you were in the disease, so I, I see now that it's not always it's it's almost like preventative steps, steps six and seven because it's getting you to be more vigilant and more um ready to see your casualty defects pop up to ask them to be removed. So as what it, what it's, what, what it, I know it's doing for me already. I haven't gotten to those yet, but I can see already it's creating tolerance because that no 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 one really wants to do that that house cleaning that really strong first house cleaning more than once. It's painful. So um. Step six and then step seven is asking you to be willing to not have to go through that again. That that's a lot of work. And um so you know, best be for more preventative. And with that I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Mel M. And Larry Kay, you're next. Kim, thanks so much for your service. Larry Kay, uh recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. So the, the the foundation for step seven is humility. Um we're we're seeking to acquire it. And so with a, with a simple prayer, you know, we're asking our higher power to remove all of our defects of character, which has, you know, blocked us off from, from being truly useful to God and to others. And, and I've found that, you know, the thing here is that God does not remove a defect of character that I'm still actively engaged in. Um, imagine that. Um, so, for example, if I continue to remain, you know, full of judgment, intolerance towards others, and do not make a, a daily effort, you know, to change, because we know this program is all about change. Um, at least my experience, anyways, that character defect stays with me. And, um, you know, it's very similar in, in some sense to putting the food down. We take the action first, consistently. And then my experience is that God comes rushing in to remove the need for that character flaw. God does it on, on God's time. And I must always remember that God will do for me what I cannot do for myself, but there's a whole hell of a lot I can do for myself. I just didn't realize that. And this simply doesn't happen by osmosis. You know, I'm not going to be sprinkled with pixie dust. And in practice, we stop being intolerant and judgmental of our partner, let's say, first. 
And simultaneously throughout the day, I ask my higher power to remove every single defective character that stands in the way of my usefulness to God and to my partner. You know, bless her, change me. And here are some things that I, that I was able to do to ensure that my character defects would not be removed. You know, keep in mind, this is just my experience. If I stay engaged in the flawed behavior, if I keep the spotlight focused on the flaws of others, which I did, you know, regularly rather than myself, if I remain impatient, expecting that, that the defect of intolerance, let's say, will be permanently removed as soon as I show just a, a little glimmer of willingness to change, you know, making God my errand boy. Oh, and when it's not removed at the drop of a hat, you know, be sure to curse the validity of this program, you know. And if what you're doing doesn't work, um, you know, the other thing, just keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. But I'll wrap up by saying that the reality today for me is that God performed extraordinary, extraordinary miracles in my life once I became willing to change. And um, thank God for this program that it's, it continues to change me every day. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. And Monica T., you're next. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And ditto, ditto to what Larry said and the lady before him said. Um, so here we are at step seven. Like was said, the principle of step seven is humility, humble, being aware of one's shortcomings. And when I said this prayer with my sponsor, um, she pointed out to me, like she had pointed out at the end of the third step there, prayer, that there was no amen at the end of the third step prayer, that I would see it at the end of the seventh step prayer. So here we are, and here it is. There's the amen. And she said that uh, this prayer ended with amen, and that steps three through seven were getting me in touch with God. And now with this amen, I was signing a contract with God to do his will. So amen means a declaration of affirmation, or so be it, or I'm signing a contract. And one day it just really came to me, wow, I've signed a contract with God. You know, when I sign a contract, I've got my part that I'm going to do, and the other person has their part they're going to do. I've signed this contract with infinite power of the universe that if I ask for help and do my part, the power is there. It's a done deal. We've already signed this contract. Wow. Now, at the time when I first said this prayer, was I understanding everything I prayed here? No, I was not. I'm a slow learner, you know. But I did like the sounds of, you can have all of me, good and bad. That sounded comforting to me. And um, now I do start my prayer, my day on my knees, and this is my, uh, my third prayer that I say every morning. And it's now when I say it, my creator I am now willing that you should have all of me. Wow. And it's been, a, it's been um, a process for me getting to this point. And I was also told that six and seven were not something I should spend more than a couple of hours on. Bang, bang, bang. List your, a few of your character defects, Monica. What is proper behavior? What is, you know, instead of lying, what kind of behavior is better, should you be doing? Well, tell the truth, Monica, and work on that. And God is the only one. I'm powerless over my character defects, but I am responsible over my behavior. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. 
Thank you, Monica. And Sally A., you're next. Thank you, Kim. Good morning, Vision, for you. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm so thrilled that we're here at Step 7. I Myself, I see I, I have had a real change of heart about how I view Step 7. I used to see Step 7 as a middle point of the journey, and my whole focus was always reaching the land of recovered and Step 10, 11, and 12. So I saw Step 7 as sort of, you know, a way station along the way. But that is not how I perceive that anymore. At this point in my life and in my recovery, I see step seven as having reached the top of a mountain and that everything proceeding from here is going downhill from the mountains. Why? Because now I am acting with the power of God. I'm walking with God. When it says, when ready, we say something like this, my creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me. I'm hearing a lot of background noise. Um, I just want to bring you to page XXVIII. Come there with me for one moment to read one sentence with me. XXVIII. It says, it says here, Spotty emotional appeal seldom suffices. The message which can interest and hold these alcoholic people must have depth and weight. In nearly all cases, their ideals must be grounded in a power greater than themselves if they are to recreate their lives. And that's what we're talking about right here in step seven is about being recreated. So when we say my creator, we're asking our creator to do something. And it's just like step one when we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. It's almost like we have come to the pinnacle of a mountain where we're saying, Okay, it's not just that I want you to take away the problem of the food or the alcohol or whatever the compulsive behavior is. I'm asking you to recreate my life. I am now willing that you should have all of me, have my whole life, all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character. And I thought that meant God was going to make me perfect. And I love the idea of being perfect. But it goes on to say, the character defects that stand in the way of my usefulness to you and to my fellows. Remove those. Those are the ones that need to be removed. And I'm going to end with this sentence in the 12 and 12 on page 76. I think it's very powerful. It says, the seventh step is where we make the change in our attitude, which permits us with humility as our guide to move out from ourselves toward others and toward God. The whole emphasis of step seven is on humility. Thanks for letting me share with that iPad. Thank you, Sally. And Vasa O, you're next. Thank you. Thank you. Can you hear me, Kim? I can hear you great. Thank you very much. Thank you for your service. And good morning, everybody. And I'm Vasa O, Recover Compulsive Vida. And I'm calling from Massachusetts. And, uh, again, this is very important uh, steps six and seven for me. I worked so hard. I remember, you know, doing the first uh, five steps, and I just wanted to take a break, you know. I allowed them myself, oh, well, you know, I worked so hard, so I'm just going to take a little break. I didn't understand that much about the character defects. You know, I did and I didn't. But anyways, and there was a, it was a time for me to, do, to hit step six and seven. And I treated steps 
seven and six and seven like I did with um, my uh, fo- with the food once I surrendered to God with my food and I became abstinent because I could not do that by myself. So I needed to find a power greater than myself to help me in that area. And God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. So I needed to do the same thing with uh, steps six and seven. And I love the third step prayer. I do it every single morning before, you know, before I start my day. I, you know, I have other prayers that I pray about and I do get on my knees. That works for me, you know, but in God, it doesn't matter how we do it as long as we do it. And every morning I, you know, I surrender to God, you know, and I, uh, you know, I do the third prayer. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thy world. Relieve me of bondage of self, that I might better do thy will, take away my difficulties. The victory over them may be witnessed to those that would help. Of the power, the love, and thy way of life, may I always do that well. And and that's it's such a relief, you know. Like, I don't have to do it, you know, but God gives me the awareness, you know, when I... When the you know it's like almost like the temptation when I would get the temptation to eat, I would ask God to relieve me, and when I'm aware of a uh, of a um, character defect, you know even if it's in my mind, a lot of my the stuff it's like my playing the mind games in my head, you know the uh, ill thinking for somebody, you know that comes up like wishing something bad to happen to somebody. That used to come often if people, if I didn't like people, you know, and that was the evil in myself, you know, and now I pray not to have those ill thoughts come back in my head, and I pray for those people that God would give them what he has so generously given to me with the food and and, and, and taking the, dif- the character defects but there was on one character defect I wanted to hold on. It was like for years, it seemed. It was, you know, once I came and lost the, the, the weight, you know, and, and it was the, like the, the, the love addiction. I st- was still looking for that attention. And I thought I, I'll just wrap, wrap, yeah, I thought I deserved it or I needed it. And that was the last thing to go. And I'm so grateful that, you know, that's gone. It's not there anymore. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. And who else would like to share on that second paragraph on page 76, step 7? Melissa C. Reva P. Paula D. Uh, I think that I heard. Paula D. I heard you, Miss Paula. <laughs> we have Melissa, Melissa C. Reva P. Paula D, and did, was there somebody actually I missed in there? Rabia. Rabia. Okay, so that'll be the order. It'll be Melissa C, Reva P, Paula D, and Rabia, I don't know your last initial, so we'll get that when we get to you. All right, Melissa C, go ahead. Hi, good morning. This is Melissa C, a compulsive overeater, recovered in New York. Um, thank you so much. And, um, you know, <laughs> there's there's a couple of things that pop into my mind this morning. One is, um, you know, the the willingness um, isn't isn't um, some like magic that doesn't require anything on my part. 
um, which is, I think, what I mistakenly thought it was. I thought at one time that I could go right on doing what I did and that miraculously the desire to do it would be lifted or, you know, my defects would just be lifted and then I wouldn't do what I was doing anymore. And, you know, it's sort of like the magical thinking I once had about the food, that I could go right on eating whatever I would want, but I would miraculously not gain weight or be thin. Um, and, um, and, and it wasn't until I really uh, thought about my part that my actions, um, you know, I, I don't have to like or enjoy um, everything that I do. There, that's, that's very different from being willing. Um, willing doesn't mean that I always like it, um, but I'm going to do it anyway. And, and you know, and, and my actions become um, my habits become who I am. And then suddenly I am willing. You know, miraculously that does happen, but it requires action on my part. And, um, you know, and the other thing that I was thinking about was how impossible it is to do anything when um, <laughs> when my will isn't there and and or when my will really is what's operating, that I'm not willing. And, um, you know, and that is, that's just incredible how that has changed for me, that um, I could do what I didn't think I wanted to do. Um, and, you know, and as I, as I let go of my defects of character, you know, I'm always brought to there. There were two alternatives that I was told very early on. Is one, you could go on till oblivion, and the other is you can pick up the spiritual toolkit. And when those are my only two options, um, it becomes clear to me. You know, and the other thing is that I I didn't change. Um, God changed me, and um, and I'm just so grateful that I'll Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. And Reva P., you are up. Hi, this is Reva P., a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, thank you, everybody, for the sharing. I've really gotten a lot out of it. What I wanted to share was about the concept of humility. And for me, as was said before, these two steps are like a short pivot point where I pause and the humility part for me is to first of all acknowledge now that I've done my step four and five, this is what I do. These are the things, the destructive behaviors and things that I do when I run the show. Um, and to acknowledge this is what I do and I can't stop, just like I couldn't stop the binging and the overeating. Um, and the second part of the humility for me is a constant reminder that you, my higher power creator, are the one who removes the defects. Yes, I need to do a lot of work, and I'm going to go on to step eight, nine, and take lots of action. But I tend to forget that it's not me who fixes me. Um, and so if I'm angry, I don't say, oh, I'm angry, let's be loving. Oh, I'm greedy, let's be generous because that's me trying to fix my sick mind. Um, and I do forget this on a daily basis. So every morning, as was shared, I need to say this prayer to remind myself 
I do the footwork, but the process and the recovery um, happens to me by the grace of God. And as soon as I try to fix myself, I'm in self-will and I'm in trouble. Um, so that's all I wanted to share. Thank you. Pass. Thank you, Reva P. And Paula D., you're up next. And thank you, Kim G. And thank you, all my fellow travelers. This would be Paula D. And I am a compulsive overeater, recovered by the grace of God. We come to these lines. When ready? I didn't think I'd ever be ready. Really? Ready? And then it says we say something like this. I'm going to go right over this because I didn't understand when I looked at these words. And I'm going to be clear here because I wasn't clear here. I know that sounds like a paradox, but so many in this book. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character. I didn't even know there were defects of character. This is a defect of character. I needed it broken down ever, even more because it was who I was or who I thought I was, or the defensive mechanism that came into play. What I want to go to is page 263 just for a moment because this is what the book did for me. As I read, here's what it said. Dr. Bob led me through all of these steps at the moral inventory. He brought up several of my bad personality traits or character defects. This is what I need. I needed it to be broken down even more so I could finally see what I never wanted to see. And this is how it said it. Such as selfishness, conceit. I'm better than you. You want to see my pride in action? Jealousy. I'm not as good as you. I want what you have. Carelessness with a word, a thought. How about a look? How about just a look? Yeah. Intolerance. I who said love and tolerance is our code. Ill temper. Sarcasm. Good usage of words. You tore someone up with that one. And resentments. And then it says, we went over these at great lengths. Now we only see a paragraph here. And then this is Dr. Bob asked me if I wanted these defects of character removed. When I said yes. And there it is. There it is. When I said yes, and this is what I finally realized. Once I said yes, I set something in motion in me. And then my willingness to allow God. I had to see first. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Then I could. Nothing standing in my way. And I'll end that because I want to be mindful of the time. Thank you again for allowing me that time to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. And next is Rabia. I think your last initial is M, right, Rabia? Yes, this is Rabia M. Thank you, Kim, for your service. And I am a compulsive overeater from New York. And uh, when ready... Um, I was ready when I got to this paragraph in the big book, studying it with my guide. And I, I want to welcome all the newcomers on the line who are reading through the big book with us for the very first time. And it's not as daunting as it seems because each paragraph gives us very precise instructions. And with my guide, I followed these very precise instructions 
from the first page of the big book. So by the time I got to right here, this paragraph we read just now, I was ready because I had just done all the work in step four, and I had just met with my guide and done the work in step five. And so um, I was already having promises come true from these steps, and I wanted to go forward. And and, and as we read through this, I, I came to understand that this is going to be an ongoing process. And just like each step, as I learn each step, I realize I need to, I want to incorporate each of these steps into my daily life. So, so now that I understand what step six and seven is, I want them to be in my daily life. So as my character defects come up, I can ask my creator to remove them. And so I want to be of maximum usefulness. And that's why I want my character defects removed so I can so I can do the bidding of my higher power. And, and what is that bidding? It's to especially be able to help other sick and suffering compulsive overeaters. And that's why I want my character defects to be removed so I can be of loving service. And when I read through this that I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad, I really didn't understand why would I want my higher power to take away my good. And now I see, because I get really, really excited. And um, and when I get excited, I want you to have all of this right now. And I, and, I, um, and I can be overwhelming, you know, so I'm learning how to quiet myself, to be a good listener, to be compassionate in my silence, to be in your presence and let you speak, let the newcomer speak, meet the newcomer where they are so that I can be of maximum service. And even though my good is excitement for these steps and loving this way of life, um, I need to be gentle in my approach because it can be overwhelming. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ravia M. And we're going to move on to the next paragraph. So, do can you read that third paragraph, please? Can you hit star one? Yes, this is Do. Um, now we need more action, without which we find that faith without work is dead. Let's look at eight, uh, steps eight and nine. We have a list of all persons we have harmed to whom we are willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. We subjected ourselves to drastic self-appraisal. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage in the past. We attempt to sweep away the debris which has accumulated out of our efforts to live in on self-will and right, uh, on self-will and run the show ourselves. If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Remember, it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any length for recovery over alcoholism. And good morning. This is uh, Duel, Recover Compulsive Overeater. And um, what I see here is that, you know, now we've just finished uh, looking at our character defects. We've turned them over to God. And now we're going to um, 
take responsibility and take more action. And, um, and part of that is, you know, uh, making amends. And, um, you know, the, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to refer back to our list where we had our resentments, where we had our fears, where we had our sex conducts. We're going to look at the persons that um, we have harmed, which possibly is going to be all that list. <laughs> and, um, and then we're going to write it down. We're going to write it down. We're going to list all those people, places, and institutions. And then we're going to, be re we're going to get ready to go out there and um, make an amends. But first we have to acknowledge to ourselves whether we're willing to do that, whether we're ready to make those amends, because sometimes we have those people there and we're not ready. And so the big book um, uh, advises us to, uh, to, if we're not ready, to ask to pray until we're ready. And, and to always remember, and this is, I guess, the, the biggest thing is, are we willing to go to any length for victory over our binge boots? And I, I know with my uh, steps eight and nine, I, I was ready. I was done. <laughs> I, I, wanted, I wanted freedom. And so this is part of um, finishing up with that, that um, inventory. Um, it's four through nine. And, um, and we're coming to the conclusion of that. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Drew. And who would like to share on this third paragraph on page 76? Jump in, the water's warm. Hi, this is Anita L. from Philadelphia. Hey, Anita, Anita. I'm sorry, was that Susie? Cynthia from Massachusetts. Susie from Massachusetts. Anyone else? Okay, we'll start out with Anita L. and then Susie from Massachusetts. Go ahead, Anita. Okay, let me just set the timer. Okay. So I love um, when I <laughs> italics because um, I know that Bill and the others paid extra for this to be put into the uh, the book because at that time you know it was it was more expensive to do that and so it's something important that I need to follow so I need to go to any lengths and I say. Even I'm willing to go to every length. I love like twisting it a little bit because to me it, it's even more emphatic. And um, when I when I surrender, when I have a total honest surrender, then I'm submitting myself over to my higher power. And like what was said. I need to do the footwork, I need to take the action, and then I leave the results up to God. You know, and sometimes my self-will gets in the way, like, for example, when I was in my late 20s, 
and took a teacher's certification examination um, for Delaware. And before going into the exam, I surrendered my will and life over to God and whatever happened, I'd accept. When I went to open up the result letter, I, you know, turned it over and then I saw I failed by one point. <laughs> I'm not a very good test taker. And I thought, God, how could you do? And then I stopped myself. And I realized that I surrendered my will and my life over to God. And so for whatever reason, God didn't want me to teach in Delaware anymore. And for that period of time. And, uh, you know, because that happened, it wasn't immediate, but later on, see, this is I don't know what the long-term picture is. God does. But because that happened, my relationship with my husband escalated. Uh, I was dating him at the time. And I was able to move when he moved uh, to central Jersey. And so, um, you know, I may not be married today if I continued to teach in Delaware. So who knows what God has in store for me. Only God does, and it's beautiful. And the other thing I wanted to share at 22 seconds is that um, a, a very wise woman in program who's recovered said to me once, the reason why in step seven we say uh, shortcomings as opposed to in step six, it's defects, it's because in step seven, my character defects are short in coming now. I don't let them hang around too long. When I recognize them, I take uh, positive action and then turn the results up to God. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Anita. And Susie, what's your last initial of your name? I did not hear that. I came, it's Cynthia C. from Massachusetts. Oh, I'm not even close. Okay, Cynthia C. Go ahead, Cynthia. Thank you. That, that's okay. Thank you for your service, Kim. And this is my first time actually sharing live on this line, so I'm, I'm shaking in my boots, but that's okay. I need to claim my seat. And I said I would go to any length for this program, for this recovery, and uh, I'm willing to do that today, thank God. And that's what I'm learning through this process is that I don't have to be perfect, and I, and I know that was in step six and seven. Um, you know, that when we ask God to remove our defects of character that will serve, that will help serve others um, and to accept me good and bad, because I am good and bad. I have multiple traits, and um, this gave me permission to not have to be perfect anymore, that I just have to be willing to do the work. And it is work, and part of that is identifying who I am and getting on the line and just sharing my my truth, my recovery, and um, hopefully somebody will get some hope out of it as I've gotten so much hope through the past year. Um, I finally have some abstinence and I'm finishing up my step nine currently and, uh, you know, just really look at this recovery as a treasure and um, I don't want to lose this. I want to keep it going so that I can help others. It's not just about me now. It's about helping others. And I, I'm finally seeing that. I am one who's been in OA since 1993, in and out, up and down. Um, and 
you know, I'm finally getting that, yes, I've finally taken a step one, that I am powerless over food, and there are certain foods that I'm never going to be able to eat again. Just like I don't drink, I am an alcoholic as well, and I'm not going to talk about that because this is a, a no-way program, but I have alcoholic food, so, so much alcoholic food. But that's not um, important now because I am losing my 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 yearning for them because I'm willing to do the footwork, and that's what I'm learning through these steps. And thank you all for being there. And um, this program, this vision for you, is really saving my life. And thank you for being there. That's it. I passed. Thanks, Cynthia. It sounds like those shaking boots were made for walking, too. Great job. Um, who else would like to share on this paragraph? Chelsea. Chelsea, anyone else? Ginny, yes. Hey. Ginny, is it? Yes. Ginny and then Leia, and that should bring us to the end of the hour. Chelsea H., Ginny, and Leia M. Go ahead, Chelsea. Thanks, Kim. Thanks for your service. This is Chelsea H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater for today. And I just wanted to share on it from an um, agnostic perspective because I not only have to um, change the language, but I have to in- embrace the meaning of it. It's just not enough for me as a person who is not a believer to um, extrapolate the word God because there's a whole context of this material that I have to live. And what I need to do before I get to 8 and 9 is to make sure that in step 7 that I have embraced the concept of it, of humility, because it says, the language says, um, when ready, we say something like this. I don't have to say those exact words. It's the underlying context of the actions that I take coming up next that I need to be firm and secure in that I am no longer running the show. I'm no longer relying on self. And that's what the whole um, thing for me moving into eight and nine now means because I already have the list and everything. I don't have to make that up, but I do have to have humility in my heart because now my shifting is going to be moved from self-centeredness to others-centered. And God-centered as I understand God. I always add that in because it's really important for me to get through this work as somebody who um, bristled constantly about all this God stuff. And again, I see here that it says to me that um, we attempted to sweep away the debris. And we being me and whatever the God of my understanding is, I'm not going out alone on this errand. I'm going armed with a power greater than myself, and I have to establish that relationship with power, and I have to be humble enough to turn to it to help me because I haven't had the will to do any of this before because Chelsea always thought she had the best solution for how to approach people so that I could live in a more sane and uh, humble way. So for me, I really have to keep those two paragraphs together because it says we say something like this. And I have to be sure that even though I'm changing the wording, the sentiment has to be that I'm coming from a place of humbleness and that I am letting my divine director do the guiding as I approach others and become more um, less self-centered. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. 
Hi, my name is Rachi. Um, um, I was muted before, and I'd like to know the, the number of the person who spoke yesterday on a vision for you. I think her name was Chaya. Rachi, we're going to have that at the after meeting. That's not part of the recorded meeting. If you can hang around, um, so you could probably ask that question in the second hour, okay? Okay, um, so Chelsea, so Chelsea okay. H., uh, that's, on, that's the second hour. And, Jimmy, can I have the, last initial, the first initial of your last name, too? I didn't catch that. Yes, it's Jenny S, as in Sam. S as in Sam? Yes. Okay, go ahead, Jenny, and then we'll end the meeting with Leah. Thanks, Jenny. Hi, my name is Jenny S, and I'm a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. And and it says in this paragraph that we read, um, it talks about running the show ourselves. And when I did my inventory, I realized I had a lot of resentments against people that didn't appreciate my trying to run their lives. That's them opinion. And when I got to step seven, it was frightening for me to think about turning my whole self over to the care of God as I understood him. I understood God to be as a male figure, and I came from a controlling background and when I thought of turning myself completely over to some male figure, that was really frightening. But I wanted to recover, and this was the next step, so I did it. And it says we asked for strength to do his will. And I felt like his will for me was to stop trying to control everyone else and do what was best for them and to step back. And I thought, God, if you want me to step back, you are going to have to give me the strength to do it. And it says in this last line, we were willing to go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. And I wanted to go to any lengths to get to recover from feeling compelled to have to eat every time I was upset. But I knew I had been controlling as a defect for years and decades, and it was going to take something more than I had in me to step back. So... This prayer about asking for strength meant a lot to me because every time I felt like I needed to step back, to stand down, to not get involved, I had to pray this prayer, Dear God, please give me the strength to not get involved and to step back, stand down. When I did that, when I put the focus on me, it helped me not continue to pick up the food. And I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny. And we'll end the meeting with Leah M. Thank you, Leah. Thanks so much, Kim, for your service. Good morning, everybody. It's Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Now we need more action, without which we find that faith with works is dead. And that, you know, is so true because, you know, even believing in this program, believing in the 12 steps without working the 12 steps spells relapse. You know, it's not what I talk about, it's not what I know about, it's not what I think about, it's not what I feel about, it's what I it's what I do. Um, so these action steps, you know, now the big book transition us to look at steps eight and nine and clean up. Um, and these are the action steps which actually bring us recovery from compulsive overeating. They're the steps which are going to remove those character defects and allow us to become uh, different people through the process, that transformation, recovered people, people full of hope who are able to transmit that hope to compulsive overeaters who still suffer. And these instructions, which 
we're going to come back and discuss, obviously, review this paragraph. But, you know, we make a list of people we've harmed and figure out what harm we've done uh, to them and how to uh, repair that. And, you know, that was just such a profound process for me to go to those people that I had harmed, acknowledge that harm specifically, take responsibility for my part, and not discuss their contribution uh, to the event, and clean it up. You know, this paragraph mentions debris. Uh, What is debris? Debris is trash, you know, the remains of something that is broken. Um, I had created a lot of destruction. Uh, There were food stains all over my relationships due to, um, you know, these character defects, uh, which had, um, you know, created a lot of hurt and harm and stepped on the toes of other people. So this process began to uh, give me the responsibility to clean that up. Um, And, of course, we're going to keep discussing that. But the reality for me was that this freedom that I so desperately wanted wasn't going to be free. (laughs) Freedom isn't free. There was a price to pay, and any type of rebellion was going to be fatal, and any type of delay was dangerous. Uh, So, you know, the action word um, is well put here. You know, I had to keep going because if I was going to delay these demands, amends merely out of fear for myself, I was ultimately going to be the one to suffer. And what is suffer? Suffer was going to be to take that first bite. So uh, the pace is quick here, and uh, there's much more to discuss in Steps 8 and 9, and I'll close with that. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Okay, thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164. Um, actually, we don't have a third reader. Um, is is Judith W. Are you still on the phone? Where you maybe you can read page one sixty four. This is Deb W. I can read. Thank you so much, Deb. Our book is meant to be suggestive. Hi, yes. oh. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I couldn't unmute. Sorry. That's okay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. Debbie got cut off. Can you hit star one, please? If your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.